0: Hello, everyone. This is Lori Boyd and welcome to Season and Shine, a podcast about how to be the salt and be the light in this world. In our episode today, we're going to ask the question, what does God expect from me? What does God expect from me? In our last few episodes, we have defined what it means to be a light, to be salt. We have talked about how to continue shining when things are hard, how to be a positive influence on the people around you. But we've not really looked at the question, what does God require when it comes to us being reflections of his light? And so I want to talk about that for the next few minutes today. And we're going to look at a verse that is found in the book of Micah. When I ask the question or when I hear the question, what does God expect? This is one of the first verses that comes to my mind. Micah chapter six, verse eight. This might be a verse that you're very familiar with, or you've at least heard it before, but I'm going to start by reading it, and then we're going to talk about it. All right, so Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So we're going to break this verse down a little bit, and then we're going to talk about what we can learn from it today and how we can apply it to our lives so that we are better lights out in the world. First of all, who was this man Micah? Micah is an Old Testament prophet. He was a prophet for both the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel. A prophet, just to remind you, was somebody who spoke words, spoke on God's behalf, gave the people a message, messages, from God and so Micah did that and he served as a prophet before the times of captivity when the Israelites were acting very unrighteously where they had fallen away from God they had turned their back on him and he was pleading with them to to realize what they were doing and to warn them about what was going to happen and then to do some predictions about what would happen in the future And so this is Micah the prophet um, is, is who's talking here. Now, chapter six is a very interesting chapter in Micah. It's set up to look kind of like a courtroom scene. In verses one and two of Micah chapter six, we have the Lord bringing a complaint against his people describing this kind of this court of law and Israel is on trial before the Lord. And in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6, it says that the witnesses are the mountains, the hills, the strong foundations of the earth. These are the people that are or the things that are going to be there as witnesses to hear the case being made. And then we have verses 3, 4, and 5. And this is where the Lord is voicing his complaint against the Israelites. In verse 3, he says, Oh, my people, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Testify against me. He goes on to say, I redeemed you. I redeemed you from bondage. And then he goes on to explain some other things that he had done on behalf of his people. And so if Israel was feeling like they were... Um, receiving these bad consequences or being felt, felt like they were being cursed. It was their own fault. They were responsible for their actions. God had done all of these things for them. And then in verses six and seven is the answer of the people. What can I do? Or in other words, what do you want from me? Is the question that's really being proposed in verses six and seven. There are four questions that are listed here, and they're kind of rhetorical questions, Um, and they increase in intensity. They're asking God, what is it that would satisfy you? What can we do to please you? And they start by saying, shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? It's kind of sounding a little bit, um, a little sarcastic, kind of like, are these what you're expecting? Are these things what you're expecting from us? Because this is unreasonable. You are being unreasonable. The answer to Israel's sin problem was not a list of things that they could just check off, actions that they could do. Their problem was something that required a change of heart. Israelites had a heart problem. And going through a list of, well, what actions can I do to please you was not the answer. And so in verse eight, Micah gives this reply. He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Now, first, let's pause there for just a second, because Micah says he's shown you. You act like you don't know what you need to do. You act like you don't know what God requires from you. But he did not make it a mystery. It's not a mystery at all. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 are, are two scriptures that, that give us the expectation that God had of his people. And the Israelites should have known this. This was in the law of Moses. They could have read it and understood it. So let's take a look at what Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 says. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Michael sa- Micah says has already shown you what he expects from you. And then he goes on to list Three things. Essentially, what I require of you, God says, is not complicated. Three things. Number one, do justly. Number two, love mercy. And number three, walk humbly with your God. Micah says it's a change of heart that you need. It's not a list of actions that you can check off. And so let's look at those three simple things that Micah listed there and talk about them just a little bit and see what we can learn from them that we might be able to apply to our lives today. The first thing Micah lists is to do justly. To do justly. This is acting in a fair way toward others. Sometimes I think when we think of justice, we think of consequences. We think of somebody doing something that they weren't supposed to do and then they receive a consequence and that's fair. They got what they deserved. But justice is much, much more than that. It's much more than that. It's treating people in the way that you want to be treated. It's treating people equitably. It is is providing equal opportunity to everyone. It's allowing people to achieve their full potential, to make good use of the gifts that God has been given, to make sure that they have opportunity to do that, to help people with that, to help people thrive. Being just involves protecting the innocent, helping people who need help. And so that is the first thing that... Micah says do justly. The second thing he says is love mercy and sometimes that word mercy is translated kindness. Kindness. Love mercy. Don't just show mercy, love to show mercy. Love it. Mercy is not giving people what they deserve. Having mercy, not giving them what they deserve. You should and I should. Give others the same measure of mercy we want to receive from God. If I want God to be merciful on me, and I do, I, I'm desperate for God's mercy because I know what I deserve. But if we want to receive mercy from God, we must be able to extend it to other people. And it's a way of life. It's not just, okay, well, I showed that person mercy, check, I'm done. It's it's the it's a way of life kind of like love is a way of life it's a way of living. When we act in a way that is merciful to someone we bring to them what the kingdom is, who the kingdom is, who the church is. We we bring that to them and show them who God is. That's a wonderful thing and 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 Micah says, don't just show it, love to show it. And then number three, he says, walk humbly with your God. Remember that God is your God. I think sometimes of Psalm chapter eight. That's the, the Psalm where David says, what is man that you are mindful of him? When I think about how many people are in this world and how, how huge the world is, but then how small it is really when you look at it um, against the backdrop of the universe. And God is mindful of me. He is mindful of you. That is a humbling thing. To live humbly is not to think bad of yourself. It's not to think down on yourself, but it is to think in the right way of yourself. Think of who you are compared to who God is. And that should make us very, very humble. It should move us away from pride and arrogance. It should move us away from this need to feel like we have to be better than others. It's knowing that God is our creator, that he is all-powerful, that he has been gracious with us, that he has been merciful with us, and it acknowledges God in everything that we do. When it says walk humbly with your God, remember that word walk is in reference to how you live day in and day out. It's the daily direction of your life, the way your life is going, where you're going, how you live. And Micah is saying live in a humble way, with God, that means that we, that we honor Him, that we obey Him, that we don't boast about ourselves, knowing that we are so small and that it is a beautiful and wonderful thing that God is even mindful of us. Those first two commands that Micah mentions, do justly and love mercy should remind us of, uh, of the commands that, that Jesus gave. We, ca- we sometimes call them the great commands of Jesus in the New Testament. You find them in Mark chapter 12 and in Matthew chapter 22 when Jesus talks about the greatest command is to love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. And the second great command is is to love your neighbor as yourself. Look how these two statements, do justly and love mercy, encapsulate both of those commands, those great commands. Do justly talks about how we treat other people, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat people in our community, people in the world. When we talk about loving mercy, that is a direct connection with our relationship to God. And how we take what God extends to us and how we extend it to other people. And then walk humbly with your God, this idea of humility. This, this journey through life in, in a self-sacrificing way. The emptying of ourselves so that God can fill us up with His goodness knowing that we are not righteous in and of ourselves but it is only because of God and the gift of his son that we are able to be justified and so those three things are so important to how we go out and shine in this world as lights so let me make just a few suggestions of how we can take these things and apply them to ourselves I think I have six things, and I'll go through them really quickly. Number one, I think it is most important that we learn to listen. That we just stop talking and we learn to listen to what people are saying. And I don't mean listen to the news and to news reports and things that are posted on social media. I mean get with somebody face to face, let them talk, and listen to what they're saying. I think that is most important in us learning how to treat each other justly and how to love mercy. Listen to the experiences of other people, to the perspectives of other people, to the thoughts and the feelings of other people. Hear what they're saying. And then number two, look around you look around you just in your family, look around you in your neighborhood, in your community. What do you see when you look around? Are the neediest people being cared for? Are people who are hungry being fed? Are there people being oppressed? Because that's not ever okay. Everyone should belong. Everyone should feel like they belong. And sometimes it just takes looking around you and asking some questions about what you're doing about those things. Personally, what are you doing? Begin asking deeper questions about why things are the way they are. And that will be very important in learning how to love mercy and do justly. Number three, let go of things that you might be harboring inside, resentment, uh, maybe hate or pride. Those things have to be released. We have to let go of those things, repent of those things, ask God for help in turning away from them for good so that you can concentrate on extending justice and mercy. And walking with God and so pray about that if there's something in your life that is a barrier to you being able to um, meet God's expectations as far as doing justly loving mercy and walking humbly with him those obstacles need to be addressed and need to be removed And God can help you do that. And there are people around you that can help you do that. Next, and I think this is number four, follow God's will. No one else's. Sometimes it's easy to hear all of these voices all around us. um, Voices on, on social media, voices in the news, voices just coming from everywhere saying, do this. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. And opinions are flying everywhere. And I have to remind myself that that I serve God, I follow God's will. And he's the first one that I turn to, to find the answers that I'm looking for. It matters most to me that I am doing what God wants me to do. And so to do that kind of leads me to the next thing, which is number five, I think, um, to pray and study. Stay in constant communication with God. Talk to Him throughout the day. As things come up, as you're facing difficult situations, as you have questions, as you have concerns or fears, take those to God constantly throughout the day. And then get in the Word and read the Bible and study it and see what God is telling you. And then go out and live it. And finally, Open up your heart to receive instruction, to receive um, advice and guidance from the Word. Have a tender heart that is open to change if you need to change, that is open to growing in in love for for people around you. Have a, a heart that is tender to the needs of other people. A heart that wants to see people treated justly, a heart that loves mercy, receiving it and extending it, and a heart that is open and willing to be humble when it comes to obedience to God, to having a relationship with Him daily. That involves looking at who he is as your creator, as your heavenly father, and knowing that you are so much lower, but that he still loves you so much. Daily live in a way that follows and carries out and lives the commands of God that he has given to us in his word. So what does God expect from us? Micah chapter 6 verse 8 is a great place to go and to look at a very simple explanation of what we can do to, to be lights in this world, to reflect God's love, to reflect His mercy, to reflect His kindness, to be a positive influence on the people around us. So I hope that this gives you something to think about. I hope that this has been helpful to you, a good little time of reflection and some good suggestions on how you can go out and shine brighter and season the lives of the people around you. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.